You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, we've got a fun episode of CarCast for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the EU and their new uh, fuel economy standards and what Porsche thinks of that, as well as dig into the new Porsche Targa and... uh, uh, and a couple other things, give you an update on the Ford Lightning truck as well that we got working on. But before we get started, uh, a word from our friends at Geico. Though we're apart these days, we are sharing more. And Geico just wants to say thanks for doing that. Thanks for sharing your dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now it's Geico's turn to share too. And the Geico with their Geico give back. It's a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. And because Geico's committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts the full term of your policy. Just visit geico.com slash give back. That's geico.com slash give back. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, and our buddy Bill Goldberg is uh, on the road. He's doing a little bit of he's a little, little bit of traveling, a little bit of work stuff going on right now. Uh, so I called uh, called my good friend Brad Fanshaw. Brad's my co-host on Shift and Steer, so a lot of you guys are already familiar with Brad. Uh, if you're not, welcome, Brad Fanshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Why also, not? Uh, Why don't you know me? Uh, Brad also uh, owns Bond Speed Wheels, and he made the the wheels for my 93 Cobra. He made the wheels for my Lightning, which uh, keep popping up on Instagram, and people are like, what are those? What are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, we made billet versions of the stock wheels. <laughs> we made... $5,000 <laughs> set of wheels that look like 300 bucks. <laughs> um uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, Bill moved to uh, Goldberg moved to he moved to Texas, uh, as our listeners know. Um, but uh, of course, part of that process meant uh, selling his ranch down in Southern California. He's got the three properties on one big giant, you know, combo lot, and uh, his house was there in his big mega garage and the gym. And it's all the famous photos that you see online. If you Google Goldberg's garage, you see the, the big garage and stuff. And uh, he sold it and, uh, uh, you know, completed his move to Texas, which he's very excited about. And uh, he's uh, back at the old house. It's sold. He's just, uh, I guess, signing the deal or cleaning up a few things or whatever. So I'm um, glad that's kind of done. Especially nowadays, right, where uh, where everyone's kind of locked down and quarantine is kind of an odd time to, to do a transaction like that. But it's good. It's there. Uh, but uh, we've got some good show for you today. Uh, before we begin, we're going to remind you about our friends at Dodge. Uh, Dodge is offering power dollars. And for every horsepower of your new Dodge vehicle purchase, you'll get $10 off. So peeling out in a 2019 Dodge Charger RT Scat Pack, hey, no problem. You just got 4580 bucks off. Uh, speaking of Dodge, we'll probably get into this more uh, next week. I know we've done it a lot here, so probably uh, on shift and steer next week we can talk about it more. But I'm driving, I'm driving the Dodge Charger Hellcat wide body, and the Hellcat we've driven before, but now this is the wide body. Uh, Brad, you were with us out at um, Spring Fest, I think, a year yeah. ago. 
We were at the track in uh, in uh, Pomona. Where, yeah, out yeah. in Pomona at the yeah. fairground. Yeah, LA so, fairground. Uh, we were out there for the big uh, Mopar event, and uh, we met up with the guys from Speedcore. We saw that a carbon fiber charger and. Uh, and the guys from uh, from Dodge uh, were debuting, uh, still wrapped in the camouflage print, the uh, Charger wide body. And then that car that was there on display was the bright blue car. It was just wrapped in camouflage. We didn't know it was blue. Yeah, it was that blue, black, and white and everything going on. Yeah. yeah. And so – and then, you know, like a month later, the TV commercial came out. Of the blue charger wide body, and uh, it's the Muscleville one. It's got Goldberg. It's got the uh, I, I forgot who was doing the uh, the drifting for that. Hubinet, I believe, was doing the drifting for it. Well, that was the same car. And after we did that that Spring Fest, uh, Goldberg went out and filmed the commercial with that car. So uh, now we've got the production version of it. Um, uh, Goldberg already owns. I don't know, nine of them. I have no idea. He's one or I, two. I, or, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to corner the market on those. You he know? is. Uh, and, uh, well, and, and he took his other charger. Uh, I think he took the, um, the slab side charger Hellcat and sent that down to the gearhead fabrications guys and, uh, and speed core. I think they did a full carbon fiber wide body on it. But the uh, the gearhead fabrication guys are taking off the supercharger, doing twin turbo, like we saw in the really? Magnaflow booth. Uh, we saw that that blacked out, murdered out, all wheel drive with the four slicks on it. They had a charger in yeah. the Magnaflow booth, um, but he's doing a two wheel drive version, fifteen hundred horsepower. <laughs> I just drove this car on the way here with 700 horsepower and getting on the freeway. It's getting like on that on-ramp, I'm, I'm uh, turning on and hitting the gas and it, the tail is sliding around with 707 horsepower. 1500 is going to be completely useless. <laughs> you should have had it a couple of weeks ago, Matt, when you could use it. Yeah. Because now the freeways are in LA are already starting to jam up again. They are, but it's, it's, it's in the morning now. So we, uh, my drive in here was, uh, wasn't, wasn't too bad, but, uh, you know the one thing they do have to do with these cars, though? Yeah. They have to come up with some acronyms because the names are getting to be like some company with a bad domain name oh, where yeah. they've got it so long you can't remember it because you start getting Hellcat and Red Eye yeah. and all these well, names. There's a you know? Dodge Challenger Hellcat Red Eye Widebody. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the only other one out there would be would be like – the Land Rover, Range Rover, autobiography, dynamic, or something like that. I think it's one of the one of the big Range Rover. We drove it. I don't know. We we drove it, but uh, it's like some company that goes, "Oh, my web. Just find us on our website. It's uh, dynamic matte uh, carbon fiber products made in England." Dot com. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, right? it take you half a day to start typing it in, and then go back and make sure you didn't spell it right. But uh, it always anyway. comes to the top, though. Let's uh, let's get into a little bit of news and uh, and and you know maybe some truck updates. Uh, let's start with the truck update because that's that's the fun stuff. Um. You know, so many of these aftermarket companies, Brad included, over at Bond Speed Wheels, uh, everybody's shut down, even with some limited capability. 
you guys can you can come in and you can field a few orders and stuff on your own, but but your factory is still shut down. So we've been sort well. Of- no, let me correct you there. We reopened on Monday with a half crew. Okay. So we are starting to get some of the older orders processed and geared towards full production in about one and a half, two weeks. So yeah, thank yeah. you. Well, this is good. And car dealers are starting to open up now. And although some of the service centers were um, uh, some of the elective, if you will, uh, services were not. For example, our friends over at Gas, over at uh, Galpin Autosports, uh, they've been doing some stuff on my truck, but uh, they were closed for a while. And they're just starting to reopen. They're catching up on on some orders uh uh, and their shop is full. Their shop is always full, by the way. They they work on every make and model over there, and um, and they opened a Porsche Santa Clarita. It's the new uh, Galpin Porsche dealer, and already gas has Porsches in it. Every it seems like every <laughs> every car that they sell at that dealer ends up at gas first, and they're getting exactly. a wrap or custom so- wheels or even just like clear bra, like you know, a paint protective film. Like they're just doing everything uh, already over there. So. You, you know, Michael, um, my business partner, Michael Anthony, he dropped his Ford GT off the week everything closed down over at Galpin for some warranty work. Yeah. And um, warranty work that he ended up having to pay for because there were some items that went wrong on it. Um, not because of Galpin, just that car has no miles. Yeah. He keeps it in perfect condition and it needed new rear A-arms because the bushings had gone away. But he just got it back because, as you said, they just reopened. Yeah. And he was like, God, I finally got my car back. You know? I, I believe I saw the car there a while ago. And uh, and I saw that uh, he posted on uh, on Instagram uh, the car that he's got back at the shop, which you guys got a nice set of bond speeds on. We had it here uh, a few, couple of years back. We had uh, – yeah. Uh, we had the Michael Anthony's uh, Ford GT over here um, along with your, your El Camino. Um, so I, uh, I'm bringing the truck back over there. We talked about the vehicle speed sensor not really working and I got a new spent sensor and you have to like kind of file it down and you close the gap between the magnet on that sensor and the tone ring, which is in the rear differential. I did that. It helped, but it didn't completely fix the problem. So now we know I have to do a tone ring. Uh, and then, uh, uh, I, I ordered up the tone ring. I knew we had to take the rear differential apart, had to take the axles apart. So I called up uh, the guys at Mark Williams, and I uh, we I measured the entire thing, measured uh, you know the whole differential housing and and whatnot, and then uh, had Mark Williams custom make a set of axles for me. Uh, UPS has delayed them three times already. It's supposed to be on Friday, <laughs> then Saturday, then Monday, and then Tuesday, and here we are in Wednesday. I don't have them yet, uh, so hopefully, hopefully today. Uh, so I got the new axles. I got the tone ring. Got the new sensor. They're going to do that in the rear diff. Um, they are also going to. Uh, uh, we're going to tackle this uh, steering issue, and this is it's. It's it's an issue, but it's something we're, we were trying to come up with on our own. The the steering on the truck is the Ford steering box. I think the ratio is like seventeen to one. Uh, obviously, it's old. And then the, the steering shaft has, uh, I believe, just a, a rag joint at the end, which is uh, a, a rubber bushing that often wears out, especially with a vehicle that's heavy or if you uh, put a lot of miles on it, or even in a in a 
in a sports car with a rag joint steering, you can do one track day and basically wear that thing down. So it's fine on the street, absorbs vibration, but uh, for anything performance-oriented, you want to eliminate that. So um, I could not, for the life of me, get the, the stock Ford steering box rebuilt to be quick ratio. Uh, nobody like remakes the gears in different sizes in that steering box. So I called up Flaming River and I ordered up one of their, let's say, universal quick ratio steering boxes. It's a completely new box. It's actually really expensive. It's almost a thousand bucks. And, and is it machined a lot of billet? Matt? It is. It's. It's. Yeah. Uh, I've seen them. Yeah. It. It is kind of cool. It does have a cast piece and it has some billet pieces on it, and it's. It's completely new. Um. There's nothing rebuilt about it, so it's universal, but it's made for a lot of early GM vehicles and Jeep. There was one steering box that fit a bunch of vehicles, Gen 1 Camaros uh, and some Jeeps and things like that. So they figured if they make that box, it would fit so many things, and they were right. And what I did is I I got a Ford steering box from the truck. Um, I ordered one up so I can measure it without having to take my truck apart and take it off the road, ordered a Ford steering box, put it next to the Flaming River box, and we went and measured everything. The Ford box mounts with three bolts. We knew that. The GM box with four bolts. So we would have to make some sort of change. But it turns out the dimensions of the box are pretty much exactly the same, and the spline counts for both the pitman arm and the steering shaft are the same. So there's no issue there. And the how far the, 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 the shaft for the Pittman arm sticks out is roughly the same. So if we can mount this in the same exact location, everything else should bolt up to it, no problem. Uh, but so we have to go onto the truck. We have to cut the frame where there's the three-bolt mounts because they kind of protrude out. So it's not like it's flat and there's just holes in the frame. It has like standoffs. It's and, like a stamping point almost. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So we'll we'll pull the stock steering box off. We'll cut the frame. We'll make a new standoff that's four bolt and then weld it into the frame, paint it up. It'll look completely factory. Uh, and then I have a new forged, uh, high-strength forged pitman arm, which will go on. Since we're in there, might as well replace it. And then the steering shaft, I got a universal – collapsible steering shaft from Flaming River, and I got the U-joints for both ends, and then we'll cut it to fit. And now there's no more rag joint. It's just what you normally see in, in a bunch of the racing cars. And yeah, I was going to say, like in a race car. Yeah. But the one thing you did say that's real critical there is that everything should work. Everything that's should work. work, yeah. I've well, said that many we'll a time. And, but, you know, driving these trucks um, – uh, you know, it's probably got two inches of slop, like left to right in the steering oh. before it even goes anywhere. And yeah. then and then it's like four, I don't know, four and a half turns lock to lock. Uh, and this this should eliminate the slop for the for the most part and then bring it down to about a two and a half turn lock to lock. It's going to be a night it, day difference. It will make it incredibly different. On my El Camino, big full body yeah, yeah, yeah. one El Camino, I told you I did that. We took all that away and did exactly what you're doing, but we, I was able to find a GM. There was a Macho Trans Am made back in the 70s, and it is a direct replacement. And when they made the Macho Edition, 
it was two and a half turns lock to lock from the factory. Oh, yeah. And so it was a direct swap out. The hard part was finding a Macho Trans Am because they were so rare and to find one wrecked. But I was able to do that. And the difference, like you said, going from, you know, okay, to, to just wonk, wonk. It's just, yeah. you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm I'm excited about doing that. Um, uh, it's going to go in next week. It's going to take, uh, I don't know, two weeks uh, of downtime to get all that stuff done. Um, also, there was a leak in the, one of the lines on the uh, on the AC, so we're just replacing everything that's in there. Truck's got a hundred, I don't know, hundred one thousand miles on it, and there was a leak in the line. And in my mind, that always means there's potential for a little bit of contamination in the system so it just seemed like the right time to go ahead let's just swap it all new condenser new lines uh receiver dryer just do just do everything at at once it's a couple bucks extra but might as well just kind of get it done uh uh new um so all of that stuff is going to be done that should be uh uh that should be exciting to get that back sort of the next step and then get it back on the road and drive it a little bit um uh, maybe bring it back down to your to your shop uh Get those center caps you're making for me. <laughs> They're done. And Are when they? the engraving shop ever opens back up, we'll pick them up. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's uh, uh, let's get into some more news. I'm not sure if you've seen. Um, uh, did you get a chance to drive any of the Genesis vehicles? We had a G70 at one point, which was kind of fun. It was sporty. Um, they got the G80 and the G90, which is the bigger boys. Uh, I don't know if you if you drove any. I of drove one of them, the seventy, and um, it's. I mean, I was surprised. I I was awarded with so much more gratification than I expected. Sometimes it's better than expecting a whole lot and being disappointed. They've done a nice job with those vehicles. They, they really have. They have, and the the redesigned G eighty is is coming out. Uh, pretty soon, recently announced a virtual, like all the announcements are happening happening now, and it's it's pretty sharp looking. I mean the 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 whole light treatment in the front is interesting, and uh, I, I've seen it in a few different colors. I kind of like it more in the silver that I do in this this other color, this sort of this blue green kind of thing that they're doing. This color shifting. It looks like the, you know, that Mystic Chrome color shifting paint that was on the Mustang yeah. Cobras in like 04 or something. Uh, and a few other people have done that color. I There's something about the photos that are posted. It looks like it's that color and I, I don't really like it, but it's a good looking, uh, it's a good looking car and it's, it's really starting to, to feel like it's kind of an upscaled bit, you know, like the interior and stuff has got it. A bit of Mercedes and stuff going on now. Um, it's uh, it's nice, and the Genesis we've always kind of liked because if if you're not a brand snob, <laughs> this is a nice car for less money than the competition. The G80, which is their mid-sized uh, luxury sedan, uh, starts at forty-eight thousand bucks, and uh, which is way below their competition in that. In that opening area. Yeah, I want to say the Audi and the Mercedes, like an A6 Audi, the Mercedes E350 BMW 5 Series, they all start in the mid-50s, you know, 54, mm-hmm. 55. So this is uh, this is going to be quite a bit uh, less. And I'm going to imagine that, uh, that the Genesis is probably 
pretty well equipped at that price. I, I I don't know it has a huge a la carte menu. There's probably a tech package and a premium package, something along the lines of that, and then that's really that's really there's like an interior package and things like that that you can get. But I don't know. I think it's uh when you compare it to the competition, it's more power and less cost overall for what you're getting, it seems. Yeah, and and I it'll be interesting to try. I kind of like it. It's a good looking vehicle. I don't know who the audience is. I guess you want that luxury vehicle. You want it a little more affordable. Again, you're not a brand snob, so you could pick it up pretty nicely. We had a, a buddy, Alistair Weaver, from Edmonds on a while ago, and, and he spoke highly of the Genesis brand and those vehicles pretty good. Uh, but the resale value still wasn't wasn't there. So his suggestion, I believe, at the time was – uh, if you're looking to lease a nice luxury vehicle, that's a good way to do it with a pretty small lease payment because the overall price of the vehicle is less. Uh, or if you're looking to buy one, get it used. Even get something, you know, 15, 18,000 miles on it, 20,000 miles on it. Get it used and uh, and you'll save a bunch of money even more than than uh, you would getting the more, you know, affordable luxury car. So um, buying a new one outright uh isn't quite there yet, but you know, I guess it kind of fits what everybody's plan is and what everybody's budget is. But that was his recommendation. You've seen the uh, we've talked about uh, the new Porsche, the 992. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, you know, we talked about the new uh, Porsche Turbo S, which uh, again, Alistair got a chance to drive, he's got a couple videos up on Edmonds uh, in regards to that. Um, we saw the new 911s, uh, I think a year ago at, at, uh, LA auto show. And there's been some, some interesting portion news. One of my favorite, uh, uh, cars or the 911 body styles is the Targa. And we've had the 911, we've had the S we have the two wheel drive and the four wheel drive, the all wheel drive, the, uh, the four S and the turbo S and, on the new platform, and now they just released the Targa, and it is fantastic. It is gorgeous, and uh, they're doing the same ideas they did as the previous generation Targa. It has the power soft top in the middle, um, and if you really look at that car, the one of the reasons why it looks beautiful not just the you know the blade that goes across uh, to separate the roof, the, the uh, Targa bar, yeah, the Targa bar. Um, <laughs> Uh, on the previous one, they were they were uh, like a brushed silver, right? Like mm-hmm. a brushed aluminum, looks uh, stainless almost. Yeah. yeah. And then the GTS came default with the black Targa bar, but when you build the GTS on the configurator on their website, you could you can opt to go back to to the brushed stainless look if you wanted to. But they just try to differentiate the GTS between the two. By default, by changing the different colors, um, but the rear glass is this beautiful piece of glass that starts off the sides like quarter windows, and and bends into a rear glass, and it's one piece. So your rear visibility in that car is better than the normal cars, and it looks fantastic. Uh, and and it's nice to see that they're continuing with that. Also, you can get those with a manual transmission, like the normal 911s and the 4s. Uh, so I like the idea of that. Now, my 
my favorite car in the previous lineup was the Porsche 911 GTS 4 Targa. And you can get it with a manual transmission. And the GTS gave it the center lock wheels like on the Turbo S. Yes. Uh, and uh, and but you can get it with the with the seven speed manual, which you can't get in the turbo and the turbo S. Uh, and it has the nice GTS bits, uh, you know, the Alcantara, you know, there's a lot of standard options that come with the GTS that kind of make it bang for the buck. Um, and you're somewhere like, I don't know, 60 or $70,000 less than the turbo money. Right. And uh, so I always thought that would be a really, really cool car to have. So this new Targa is gorgeous. There is, like I said, the uh, the, the standard 911 and the S, but there isn't a GTS yet. There isn't a GTS in the current lineup yet, but I'd like to see a GTS uh, at some point. But uh, it's it's nice. Now, the, the one thing the Targa does is it does have a tendency, in my opinion, to suffer from some co- color combinations. Uh, there's a guy down the street from me yeah. in my neighborhood that has all black with black Targa bar, and it's the configuration that you were talking about. It's that long domain name again. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> but uh, and it looks spectacular. But then I was down in Newport and I saw one, and I can't remember what color it was. It was an odd color, like a blue or something, and it just didn't. It was like the Targa bar almost stuck out too much, you know, with the silver. And, um, you know, I know each to his own, right? But uh, I think uh, sometimes uh, less is more, and that all-black one looks so wicked when I see him coming down the hill. Yeah, it's tough to notice that the if the black has the black bar, like on the GTS, Yeah, it, it's tough to tell it's a Targa. You're just looking at it going, hey, this 911 looks good. I like the rear glass. I like the shape of it. Uh, and it's got its little black toupee for a soft top, uh, which is which is interesting. But from a distance, you wouldn't even know that it was was a Targa, you know. But with, when it's opened up and it looks good, yeah, I mean, that's it the thing. Is, is it's got a big wheels, center lock wheels, you know, everything looks. Yeah, great so that on. is the GTS. That's nice. Yeah. That's a nice one. That's he's probably spent one hundred sixty thousand on that one. Oh the yeah, way that it's configured, but it's not. It's not turbo money, which is 200 plus now. They keep going up in price. So all the Porsches now we talked about have turbo engines. But the naming convention is we have whatever, 911. We have an S. We have a a GTS. We have a turbo and a turbo S. That's that's now just sort of the upscaled version, the more powerful version. But they all have turbo on it. And, of course, we talked about this as well, but the Taycan – Taycan? Taycan? Taycan, isn't it? Tycon. Tycon? Yeah, it rhymes with icon, according to Edmonds. Okay. Ah. Tycon? That's just a pure EV vehicle, as you guys know, but there's a Turbo S, and then there are... And then there's the 4S or whatever the base model is that are current. The, t- the two current models, I believe, are a 4S and a Turbo S, but obviously no Turbo on there. Just, that's just the name now, right? It's sort of like saying it's a you know an M5 instead of a 5 series or a AMG versus you know uh versus the non AMG versions of the cars. So uh they've all got the turbo power on it now, but what's interesting is new rules coming into place. These are emissions rules. <laughs> 
coming into place in Europe. Oh, the EU rules. The EU yeah. rules. And these are kind of wacky, right? So they're saying, we're going to put a limit on how much power an engine can make per liter, right? So if you went with uh, a, a three-liter twin turbo making good power, you know, 450 horsepower in, in, your, in your vehicle, great little sports car package, smaller engine, lighter weight, more efficient. Well, the EU is saying, oh, no, no, we don't want you to make that much power. You'd have to make a bigger engine to make more power. And we're like, why? This is stupid. Why would you do that? We can make smaller, more efficient engines. And their argument is, is they think they're going to force car companies to move toward hybrid and electric uh, drivetrains, right? By saying, oh, we're going to force you to not make an efficient uh, gas engine so you use more electric drivetrain. But that doesn't work for some companies that are specialty sports car companies like Porsche does. I think they sold, I don't know, something about 9,500 911s a year. It's not – it's it's very profitable for them and it's an important part of the brand. But they, they sell a lot of SUVs and they're going to sell a bunch of the electric cars as well. Uh, so whereas the current Porsche has a great packaging of a small turbocharged engine with a lot of power – the next version of the 911 in 2026 will have to step up to a larger engine. They're going to have to go back to something like a four-liter engine because to make the horsepower that they want to make without any sort of hybrid drivetrain— They just increase everything. They The government's forcing them to go in the opposite direction. It's, it seems weird, right? It just seems— I, I'm going to make a prognostication here, though, Matt. I believe that COVID has changed everything. And I think as long as that's not too far down the road at this point, we might see changes. Just like LA who said we couldn't have plastic bags at the grocery stores. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was finito. But now we got plastic bags. They're encouraging you to take plastic bags. <laughs> We're seeing a lot of these um, things, people that wanted mass transit. Now they want to go to individual cars because it's safer. I think and what I'm yeah. getting at is that I think the EU will recognize that there's been such an economic, you know, weight put on the shoulders of all the manufacturers that they might start pulling back on a little bit of that. Yeah. So a company like Porsche can afford to make this change. They're a profitable operation over there, or I believe they are. I don't see why they wouldn't be. Uh, but but yeah, for this rule to apply to a lot of other car companies, um, it it's it's tough. You got to imagine they've got people up on the hill, whatever their hill is, lobbying, going. Eh, I don't know. We we want to do this. Uh, we should come up with a better plan. And there they could. There's a compromise. They can say, hey, we'll still meet the EU like fleet MPG standards and 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 whatnot, and we'll still do it cleaner, and we'll still invest in hybrids and EVs, but. We want to make small, more efficient engines for our sports cars. Right. The guy from Porsche said that the catalytic converters on these larger uh, engines in 2026, he goes, we haven't even got there yet. <laughs> he said they're going to have to be so huge 
it's he's like it's gonna like what the that catalytic converter is going to be expected to do is is going to be way beyond uh, what what we're doing now. And by the way, cars are getting pretty clean, right? Like, oh yeah, if you go into a parking garage and your new car is sitting there running idling, you you don't notice. Some guy runs through the sprints through there with a leaf blower, a gas engine leaf blower, and you're going to be choking to death, right? That leaf blower has got to be spewing far more emissions than any other car on the road. Any any car made in the last two decades, it's got to be way cleaner than than uh, than any leaf blower out there. Um, not only size yeah. of a catalytic converter, but the weight. I mean, those things are heavy. Yeah. So they're going to have to do some adjusting there because you know, they, the weight is such a factor on everything. Um, speaking of weight, I want to talk about this big giant BMW X seven, the largest SUV with the world's largest kidney grill out there. But before we do that, uh, uh, another reminder from our friends at, uh, at, at Dodge. So uh, I guess dealers are opening, which is fantastic. So visit your local Dodge dealer where they bring you performance, technology, and great deals. There's never been a better time right than right now because Dodge is offering power dollars. And with power dollars, you'll get $10 off for each horsepower of your new car. So every 2019 Dodge Charger, every 2019 Challenger, doesn't matter. That means you could pull away in a 2019 Dodge Charger RT Scat Pack with 485 horsepower and receive an almost $5,000 cash allowance. So if you get more power, you get more off. It's that simple. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer today, or just give them a call or send them an email, whichever you want to do, uh, and take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. Uh, okay, so BMW X7, giant SUV. Um, you know, we've been... <laughs> I, I don't want to... I don't want to be too whiny about this, but we used to have a great relationship with BMW, tested a lot of the cars. I, you know, uh, we've got the one that, you know, I got my supercharged M3. Uh, you know, we've owned a bunch over here. And I think fans really like that car. I think people that listen to the show want to hear about some BMW stuff. You know, uh, and we, we drove the M5, we drove the M4, we drove a number of things. And I, I wanted to get into the new 7 Series uh, car. I wanted to get into the new... Uh, uh, X7. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's like a year or so ago, I sent an email to BMW and they said, ah, we, we've we've shifted our focus and we're not sure you guys hit our audience. So um, uh, I guess I'm a little surprised by that. Maybe they know our audience better better than I do. But if, if you're listening to the show and you're interested in BMWs, um, let me know and I'll, I'll hit them up again. But uh, I have not driven the X7 <laughs> because uh, I have not given the opportunity to drive the X7. It looks kind of cool. I like the idea of the full-size SUV, the three-row and the big one. Like, why wouldn't they have a big boy? You know, Mercedes has them. Uh, Lexus has them. Adam's uh, Infiniti uh, QX80, it's a big three-row. When he got it, he's like, oh, it's 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 pretty big. And now he's been driving it for a while, loves it, loves it. Uh, we were driving around in it this weekend. There's Matt. a lot to be said about the big SUVs. Yeah. They just give you that, that just that mass. And if you have to haul anything, you know, you, you tow you can, a boat. <laughs> yeah, tow a boat. Uh, but no, it really does. Um, the, and and I'm with you. I haven't driven a BMW in in quite some time because um, you know it's it's just a um, an unavailability. You know, years ago I was doing this um this uh, charity racing event at Irwindale 
Speedway around the Oval there. And during one of our practice sessions, uh, I was driving uh, the the BMW B7, the Alpina B7. So it was they don't they don't make an M version of uh, of of the seven series, but they lent me that car. And after uh, our training session in these these you know these stock cars and the, and the race cars out there. I uh, hit up the guy. I was like, well, we're all shutting down. Are you turning the lights off? Is that night on the track? I said, I want to do a couple of laps in the B7. He's like, I don't care. Go ahead. So uh, a buddy of mine jumped in the car and, and we were got that uh, got that big 7 Series over 100 miles an hour going around the Oval at, uh, at Irvindale. Maybe that's why BMW stopped sending us cars. I, I could say that could be it either as well. You know, yeah, maybe, they, maybe they maybe they found out about that. But uh, uh, listen, uh, you know, I gave it a bath and everything's fine. I returned it in one piece and uh, that was fun. Uh, so this X7, um, no M version on the X7, but they're they're following uh, the the path of their B7, and they're doing uh, an Alpina XB7, and it's going to get a bump in horsepower. It's going to get a bump in torque, and for the size and weight of this thing, torque is where it's at, right? This is uh, I want to say the X7 is 523 horsepower, and this bumps it to 612, and uh, and the normal X7 is 553 pound-feet of torque. This goes to 590. It'll scoot this thing around 0 to 60 in four seconds. Four seconds. That's And that top speed on that thing, Matt, that thing's for a big vehicle. That's pretty stout. 180-mile-an-hour top speed on essentially, which looks like a brick. Now, to stop it, you have to do uh, – you have to do 15 and a half inch rotors in the front and 15 seven in the back. I, I, it feels like those numbers are flipped, but according to the specs, that's what they're doing for some reason, bigger in the back. Is that seems that's weird. unusual. Yeah. That's yeah. Really... That seems weird. Um, so maybe there needs to be a correction on there, but, uh, Unless it was a designer that, uh, wanted the same gap with the wheels front and rear or something weird like that. Yeah, I I'm not sure what it is, but uh anyway, this will start uh at just under 143,000 bucks, gets you in the door, and uh it's a, it's about $40,000 over the base uh uh M50i, uh, which is the uh, the uh, the X uh, the X7 base model. Um I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh I think I'm I'm surprised by the top speed because of of how big it is, and I don't know if you had yeah. to guess. This thing's what six thousand pounds, sixty five hundred pounds. Gotta be, it's yeah, gotta it's be. Gotta it's be. massive. Uh, but uh, but kind of interesting. A buddy of ours, um, uh, Tyson Sullivan, is an actor friend. He's been on the show here. He's been on the show in Shift and Steer, and uh, uh, he special ordered a, an SUV. Actually, he fell in love with it at Barrett Jackson. We were walking around. We went to the BMW booth, had a nice chat with those guys. And uh, he saw the uh, the X6, uh, kind of the swoopy version of, of, you know, it's got a nice profile to it. A little less functionality when you get into the hatch, but uh, he was just kind of going for something kind of four-door-ish that uh, is not – he didn't need all of the utility, and he lives up on top of one of the hills up here, like in the Hollywood Hills. So the the theory was – 
the roads are a little bumpy. They're a little messed up. And there's occasionally the curb on the tight turns. And he wanted to be able to 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 not worry about ground clearance as much as you would on, on one of the sporty sedans, but also get a sporty sedan. So uh, he looked at the X6. And then the guy showed us the X6M. And then he said, uh, oh, we also offer this with the competition package, which a lot of us here know about. And uh, he's like, great. I love it. So uh, he picked up a, a – I don't even think it's been delivered yet. They're, they're making it. And obviously things have been delayed because of uh, coronavirus. Uh, BMW X6M competition package. And it is as fast – Zero to 60 as that Lamborghini Urus that we drove. It's like 3.6 seconds or 3.5 seconds, but at roughly half the cost. Don't get me wrong. It's still $150,000 SUV. Yeah, but, half the cost. But it's still like half the cost of, of the Lamborghini truck, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, so that'll be kind of interesting. Maybe that's going to be the only way I'm going to drive a BMW is wait for him to get his and then bring it over here and, and, and give it a shot. But uh uh, anyway, that's that's kind of what uh, what what's going on. What are you what are you doing these days, Bradley? Man, I'm trying to work through this uh, coronavirus, get the factory ramped back up so that I can uh, get get the whole rhythm going again, and then and then uh, you know find some time to have some fun. But you know, I I've really been thinking about this summer. We were looking at every single automotive event mm-hmm. it you know even things like um you know we know that monterey's all gone and uh except for the race know, we believe Still right sounds like the race, the race may be happening and um they said that the woodward dream cruise was going to happen then they canceled it and um so all these things keep fluctuating and what that tells me is that with pent-up demand there's going to be some incredible cars and coffees come late June and into July and August, man, because guys are going to want to bring stuff out that they've waited to debut. And I think in certain locations, you will find some cars and coffee that are just crazy. I think we'll see some really cool cars uh, coming out of the woodwork or some things that you just don't see very often. I mean, don't don't you think people are going to want to get out? I, I think so. I think some of the places that are starting to open and restaurants are opening, uh, people aren't trickling in. People are lining up to get in. And yeah. I, I think we're all kind of ready to do that. Um, and, and look, I think you have to open things up, even if for a while, and and let people gain some sanity as well as have some of these businesses get back in business. And but we've seen in some of these other countries a second wave of coronavirus, and we might have to do a scaled-back version of again. So go out, have some fun, do the car shows as restaurants and 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 salons open because uh, people are desperate for haircuts and they want to eat their steak. Yeah, just just be safe about it. Go and you do it. I will offer a little bit of, of, of I don't know, a suggestion, if you will. This is going to be this is going to be a high stress environment for the restaurant owners and for the staff that are working there and they may be forced to wear masks which seems very impersonal for for somebody who's serving your food. Hey, it's not their choice. They they have these rules to abide by. Go in, be nice, 
tip well, and enjoy your meal, and you're going to have a good time. I know it's going to get a little frustrating. There's going to be lines, and and they may run out of things, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, food and, and, and stuff like that because they can't place the big orders. They don't ha- they have to ramp up volume again. They don't know how much they're going to move. So, you know, you may be going to one of your favorite restaurants and they don't, you know, they don't have enough seafood or they run out of sushi or they don't have enough steak. Just be patient with everybody. Um, we'll, we'll all get there. That's my only suggestion would be uh, it's it's not it's not their fault. <laughs> the people working in the restaurants and some of these places all over. It's it's not their fault. There's a global pandemic, so uh, let's. Uh, I don't know why anyone would be upset with a server wearing a mask because I, it's I happening mean, already. It's only like, one more layer of protection. I mean, yeah. you really want somebody to cough on your food in good times? Yeah, I didn't want it before. Back. Last year, I didn't want yeah. it. I don't want it now. So I don't know. Exactly. It just seems like. Uh, uh, but I get it, and it's. Uh, it, I wouldn't even bring it up if it already wasn't popping up in the news and people just being uncomfortable with it. Like, it, guys, come on, we can we can do better than that. But uh, anyway, uh, I want to wrap some uh, wrap some things up here. Uh, you guys want to listen to uh, a Shift and Steers, the podcast I do with Brad and with uh, Aaron Hagar. We're posting. Uh, since we've been doing the shows uh, on Zoom as well, we've been posting some videos up on YouTube. Uh, and I think we put up – did we put up the video of Aaron's shop tour? That that one will go up later this week on our Facebook page. Okay. So you could take a look uh, at that. And then we had uh, our buddy Stone Cold Steve Austin drop by for a minute. I think uh, I think that's a bonus video. So that's going to be it. That's uh, a bonus video that will also go up this weekend. So the show will always go up on like a Thursday on Facebook and then any bonus episodes go up during the weekend. So Steve Austin is uh, is is a neighbor of mine over in the Venice Marina area. He's got his ranch in Nevada where he spends most of his time. But when he's filming and doing stuff, he's got a place out here and uh, so, you know, we'll go over there sometimes and we hang out and and take a look at the cool press cars and, and whatnot. But his place in uh, is in Nevada, you know, he likes to road trip. That's all we can basically do these days. So he road tripped it on over to uh, to uh, Aaron Hagar's shop and uh, took a little tour over there. And everybody knows everybody. So everybody's good and friendly. And uh uh, so he popped in and, and said hello, and uh, we had a, a little chat. So look for that bonus video as well. At, uh, the, the website Shift and Steer. You can link to all of our social media sites and Facebook pages and stuff from there. Uh, Brad, where can uh, people find you if they want to uh, tag well, along the, and the, the see best, what you're doing? Yeah, the best place is Instagram, and it's real easy. It's Bradley underscore Fanshaw. So it's F-A-N-S-H-A-W. So Bradley underscore Fanshaw. I, I'm on everywhere else, but Instagram is where I put most of my stuff up at. Right on. You can follow me at Motorator, of course, or at CarCastShow.com. And if you like this, and uh, uh, give us a nice little rating on iTunes. We appreciate it. Maybe a nice, friendly little comment. And uh, and check out uh, Shift and Steer. Go to ShiftAndSteer.com or on iTunes. Eh, f- scroll through. See if there's an episode that uh, interests you. Give it a shot. See what you think. And uh, if you like it, Tell us on iTunes. If you don't like it, DM Brad. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> and, uh, Complaint department. Yeah, and then we'll 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 try to figure it out. All right, guys, thank you so much, uh, Brad. I appreciate you coming in. Kind of a last minute thing as our buddy uh, Goldberg rolls well, out and uh, and and travels. Uh, until next time, uh, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. Thanks, everybody. 
For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Guys, thanks so much for listening to CarCast. A reminder from our friends at Geico, though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. And Geico would just like to say thanks. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for sharing your dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync battle. Ooh, lip sync battles. I've seen those on Instagram. Thanks for sharing those. Those are fun. Oh, and your DIY doggy haircuts. I think that's a thing now that I've been seeing a lot of. And, uh, uh, I'm sure the dogs appreciate it. We'll find out. Well, it's Geico's turn to share, too, and with their Geico Give Back. It's a program that they put in place. It's a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. And Geico's committed to the long haul. The 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback. That's geico.com slash giveback.